and welcome to another great message from Mr. Christian Outreach Church. We pray you'll be inspired and equipped by this teaching. For more information on Noosa Christian Outreach Church, please check out our website at noosacoc.org.au. Enjoy. Let me just say this one comment before we invite up our, uh, our, our guest speakers this morning. God has no grandchildren. God has no grandchildren. Your, your children need to connect to God firsthand. You know, one of the biggest challenges that we have as, a, as, a, as second and third and fourth generation Christians, as opposed to first generation, is that you inherit a set of values and you inherit a behavioral system and you inherit all, all these different the ways of church but you don't inherit a relationship. We need, to, we need to have a first-hand experience with the King of all kings. Hey, so I've invited two of our, our youth leaders to come. We've invited uh, Josiah Leek and Riley Hinton to come this morning. And they're going to tag team preach to us. Because this is, these guys, you know, both second generation, at least Christians. And, and they've had an experience with God. They've discovered him for themselves. And they, they're, gonna, they're here to inspire and encourage you. So I ask this morning that you open your hearts to hear what the Lord is going to say to you through some guys who, who inherited values and beliefs, but now they've discovered a relationship with their Heavenly Father. So we're just going to start with Josiah Leek this morning, and uh, why don't we welcome him to the platform. Thank you, Pastor. How are we doing? I want to be like Bob Shane when I grow up. Thank you. To be, um, to be that on fire still and that uh, adventurous spirit and that generosity, that uh, gives me hope for the future. I'm not scared of growing up anymore if I can be like that. So thank you for sharing this morning. I'm Josiah. If I haven't met you, I've uh, been in this church all my life, second, third generation Christian. I don't know how we want to count that there. My grandparents are here today, but I think they might have been saved after my parents, so I don't know where that works in there. Uh, thank you, Pastor Josh and Kristen, for, um, for championing us and believing in us as youth and giving us opportunities like this to, uh, to grow and stretch. We don't take it lightly, and we thank you for backing us and supporting uh, the youth ministry of this church uh, more than we've ever felt supported before, so thank you so much for that. A little bit about me really quickly, um, just because I want to leave some room for Riley to preach today as well and, and bring the fire, but um, yeah, yeah, I've been, uh, I've been in this church all my life, I've been in youth ministry, um, I've been serving there for five years now, but my personality is not to stay grounded, my personality is not to remain in one place for too long. Uh, there was a moment last year where I scared my mother half to death, where um, I decided overnight, I was at my mate Declan's, um, we were staying up, I don't know, I didn't get home till about 12 o'clock, I think we were up reading the word and praying or something, <laughs> no. no, so I got home at about uh, 12 o'clock, it was really late night, and um, I knew I didn't have work the rest of that week, which was really rare for me, and I decided, I had, a, I had an idea before, but I decided on the spot that night that I was going to uh, drive to the airport and fly to New Zealand. Uh, so I did. I, um, I just drove to Gold Coast, Gold Coast Airport at 1am, got there at 4am, uh, booked a ticket at the airport and flew out and spent three days uh, adventuring New Zealand by myself in a hire car. Um, and that's, that's not to build myself up or to, um, or, or to say that oh, I'm, a, I'm a spontaneous guy, but uh, that's a picture of, of who I am. I've just done my skydiving cert, so I love jumping out of planes. I love um, spontaneity. I love adventure. I love uh, the opportunity to get a bit of adrenaline pumping through me and I'll take every opportunity I get, whether it's climbing something or skating down a hill. So 
with that, that picture and that lens of me, it doesn't make sense that I'm here in a church, that I've been here my whole life, um, and that I, I'm so grounded that I'm serving in youth. Uh, I was, Declan and I, again, we were away uh, two weeks ago at a, a concert in Brisbane, Imagine Dragons, so it was a great show. But as I was there, we, we missed youth that week, and I realised this is the first time I've missed youth in over a year. This is the first Friday that, I've, that I haven't been here at church in over a year. And Declan and I all... This is a bit lame. It was this amazing show with 10,000 people or so, and we were just looking around thinking, oh, why can't youth be this big? So that's a bit of a lens um, that we can look at me through today because I want to talk about uh, being grounded and remaining uh, where you're planted. And I think that's, that's something that I've uh, been raised, raised to believe um, and raised to do. I've been in this church, as I say, my whole life, and never before have I had so much freedom to do what I want to drive somewhere or fly overseas, but never before have I felt so grounded and in place uh, than I do today uh, in this church and in this youth ministry, being able to serve there. So I want to talk a bit about the freedom, the liberty there is in uh, serving and staying. So we'll get right into that. Um, we are going to use the Bible. Uh, I, whatever you may believe, uh, the youth still do read the Bible, so <laughs> we're going to base that on Scripture. If you want to turn to 1 Corinthians 7, I'm going to read a bit of passage there that's Paul talking to the early church and a few things that we can apply today. I want, to, um, I, want to, I want to free some people today just in the mindset. If you're like me and you've got a bit of wanderlust, um, you, you don't like staying grounded, you feel like maybe you're not where God's planted you to be, I simply want to suggest that the, the calling you're looking for or the mission um, you're chasing may not be as far as you think it is. Maybe rather than over there and your eyes are up to the horizon, but maybe you should be looking down and seeing where you already are because God's not a God of mistakes. Um, and though you might feel uncomfortable where you are, God moves in the uncomfortable. So just because you're in a position you don't feel like you're meant to be, I don't believe that's uh, God's intention for you as well. So we're going to do that through Scripture. Um, I'll encourage you with something Josh encouraged me earlier in this week, that uh, this isn't a youth message. This is a message from a young person's perspective. So we can all latch onto that. Uh, we can all grab hold of that, even if I'm underqualified to be up here, let's say, by, um, by some of your vintage. <laughs> so uh, 1 Corinthians 7, 17 to 24. I'm just going to read this passage if we can have it up on the screen. So this is Paul to the Corinthian church. It says, Nevertheless, each person should live as a believer in whatever situation the Lord God has assigned to them. This is the rule I lay down to all the churches. Was a man already circumcised when he was called? He should not become uncircumcised. Was a man uncircumcised when he was called? He should not be circumcised. Circumcision is nothing. Uncircumcision is nothing. Keeping God's commands is what counts. Each person should remain in the situation they were in when God called them. And it repeats that twice. And I think it's, um, it's pretty straightforward, to be honest. Each person should remain in the situation they were in when God called them. I'm not going to dissect that too much, but I'm going to add on perhaps um, what I think Paul, uh, what Paul knows and what we can know from that. I think Paul is telling the early church, new Christians, as they say, stay in whatever circumstance they were in before God knew. It doesn't discredit anything else that's been said. You know, still accept Christ, receive the gifts of the Spirit, know a peace that surpasses all understanding, take on the joy of the Lord, put on the full armor of God, but stay where you are. Don't you move. Move. 
you know, there's a, a few things I think we can tend to say um, when we become saved and when we draw closer to God, because when we're clothing ourselves in, in righteousness and holiness and, and changing our ways, um, there's a, a disconnect there from the way we once lived. You know, but my non-Christian friends don't get it. Stay. But it's a toxic environment that I'm in. Stay. But I feel called to Africa. Stay. But I feel called to the church around the corner that has better lights and a more... PC senior pastor, no, <laughs> stay. Um, and I, I'm, not, I'm not saying that applies to all situations. I'm not saying that God doesn't call people into new places. Um, but I think we can so easily and often make the excuse um, that God is calling us away. We're not meant to be here because we feel uncomfortable. But I also believe that God works through the uncomfortable. And if you are uncomfortable, that means God, God's got some, some work to do. So if you're incom- uncomfortable in your situation and where you feel you're stuck... Maybe change the way we're thinking and actually see that as an opportunity. I just want to present um, through the lens of that scripture something that's I think Paul knew, and that's that you are most effective where you already are. That you're most influential for the kingdom of God right where you're standing. So there's a few reasons for that, and I think um, I want I want to look at that challenge that we're most influential where we were already standing um, through the picture of a tree which is a, a pretty common um, example that we see in Psalm 1 you know that we'll be we should be like a tree planted by rivers of water whose fruit brings fruit brings brings forth its fruit in its season um, but to bring forth fruit I believe we need to take root so I want to talk really quickly <laughs> not too quickly we'll give you a bit of space um, about taking root and God we believe through faith that God has planted us where we are but it's then our responsibility to take root and to spread deep roots. And what that means is we're being present in society around us. We're being present in our communities. Young person, um, Shane. Hello. Being present in our community for you means that you're in your school showing those around you what it looks like to live out of love that doesn't make any sense, showing your fellow classmates integrity that they don't have person who is older than me, a person who's seen you vintage, Bob Shane. That means being present in our families and showing us, the younger generation, what it means to live like God did, to show us the things that we don't have as the younger generation. Teaching us table manners. That's what we, <laughs> that's what we need. We need integrity and faith. Um, as a young person, I think I'll, um, I'll take responsibility for the rest of us that we give you permission to speak into us and, and to take those opportunities to, to teach us and to grow us. But yeah, that's the, uh, that's the crux of what I want to say today. That's if we, want to, if we want to accept the adventure that's right beneath our feet, we get there by spreading deep roots and by injecting ourselves into the earth around us. In every area of our community, our schools, our workplaces, our sporting clubs, Table tennis, whatever it is, our, our local governments, our local churches, we need to be present, we need to be active, and we need to be involved in what's happening around us. And if you don't feel like you're at home or where you're meant to be, you will after you start doing that, after you start serving, after you start being present. If you know the, the local butcher's name, that's being present in your society. If you call up a local community radio station, that's being present. We need to be involved. We need to know people's names. And I think the inverse of that that we sometimes see is a detachment. I'm not talking about just being present geographically. That's one stage, but also being present uh, emotionally and spiritually. And you might be physically present here in Noosa today, but if you're emotionally detached, 
uh, it means that we're not doing our, our friends and our family justice if we're not giving them an opportunity to, to lean on us. If we're spiritually detached, it means we're not offering our full selves to God or to our ministries. So we're talking about being present in society. We're talking about being present physically and geographically, but also emotionally and spiritually. And that's where we will find uh, the adventure between our feet. And that's where I believe we're most influential for the kingdom of God as well. Uh, through the Bible, there's plenty, plenty of examples of these. You know, we see um, when we're talking about people who choose to stay, there's obviously, there's Ruth, and she says, where you stay, I will stay to Naomi. And there's Elijah, sorry, Elisha to Elijah, who says, as surely as the Lord lives, as surely as the Lord lives and you live, I will not leave you. But I think um, the biggest examples for us and the role models through scripture for people who are in the world and not of the world, who, who show us what that looks like, are, are Joseph and Daniel throughout the Bible. And both of these people um, are forcibly taken from their homeland to a place with different customs, laws, and languages, and they were challenged and persecuted for their faith. However, both of them stood firm in their faith. They demonstrated the highest integri- integrity, and then they went on to serve in this foreign land under the ruler until, until they died. And if that's not an example of uh, living grounded and present, no matter what the circumstances are, I, I don't know what else could be. So for, for my role model for being in the world and not of it, I, I look no further than uh, Joseph and Daniel in the Bible. I want to tie this a little bit back into um, just our church vis- vision for the year. And that's our, our, our Daniel verse, which is Daniel 11.32. And uh, Riley's going to share on this a little bit as well. But Daniel 11.32 is, The people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. And we've heard all this year about some people who are journeying to know God and the great exploits that uh, come from that. And I think the challenge that I want to leave us with is, what if the great exploit that you're chasing is right underneath your feet? It may not be over there. It may not be on the horizon. It may not be in another country. But if you're feeling lost and like you don't have purpose, vision, you don't know where it is, look at what you're already doing and where you're already standing and see what you can find there. I know a lot of people my age um, coming out of school, not knowing what you want to study, not knowing what you, what you want to do, feel very lost. And that's something in the past few years I've encountered myself. Um, but I don't feel like in the meantime, while I'm here in Noosa, living with my family, working a local job, serving the local youth, youth ministry, I don't feel like I'm wasting my time. I've spent my whole life up until this point spreading roots here, investing myself in community. I know people's names. I help organise a local futsal competition. I know the names of people in shops. I, I've, got, I've spreaded my roots, and I know that from that point, I'm more influential here than I can be in Brisbane or in New Zealand. So I know that my great adventure isn't there for now, I know that right where I'm standing is where I'm meant to be until I sense or I, I encounter a higher calling from God to, to be elsewhere. So we're all on the journey of knowing God, but I think the, the thought I want to leave you is what if your great exploit is right where you already are? We get so caught up in wanderlust and distractions and finding your calling. Um, I don't want us to miss or you to miss or me to miss what we're already standing on, what we're already involved in. And um, my proposition is that the greatest adventure may not be over there, it's right underneath you, but what we need to do to embrace that and encounter that um, and, and take hold of that is start taking root. And that's the challenge I want to leave you with, just that uh, we, can be, we can always be more involved in our, in our own life. I think we all have a piece of detachedness because um, I have a tendency to even feel homesick 
we're like in my home because we're spiritual beings and and uh, one day we're going to go back up to uh, to be with God. But I, I feel like as much as we can be present on earth while we're on earth, that's where we'll have the most influence and the most uh, the most souls for Christ. So our challenge uh, throughout the week, throughout this year, is just to take root and to become more involved in your own life, to invest yourself fully into your community, into your society, into your family, into your church, to a point where you are so uh, permeated through the earth, you've got roots so deep, and you're so firmly grounded and planted that you can be the biggest influence for the kingdom of God um, that he could ever call you to be. That's... I'm going to leave you with that. And I'd uh, love to invite my good friend... Wait, let me give you a brief introdu- introduction. Uh, I've been uh, serving with Riley, I think, three years on youth, and he's been a great mate before that. Um, he runs our youth creative department and the band there. He uh, helps me run a, a boys' uh, connect group for, for young men in the church and uh, in the youth ministry. May have broken someone's arm recently this week. Let's not dwell on that. But uh, he's a great man of God. He's full of fire, full of passion. And can we give a massive round of applause as he brings the word this morning? Thanks, Josiah. Hey, I love that message, Josiah. Um, you know, I think sometimes we, we try and think that, uh, you know, our calling in God, it, you, know, you know, we think, oh, you know, God's called me to the church down the road or God's called me to, you know, to serve in this other place. But sometimes I think, as Josiah said, it's just as powerful to stay where you are and, uh, and just fulfill the calling that God's given you. And, uh, and that's amazing. Hey, um, my name's Riley, uh, if you forgot from like two seconds ago. Um, but... Um, uh, as just I said, I'm a, I've been in this church for a, a while now, and um, you probably know me as the guy that drums too loud. Uh, <laughs> but um, hey, how good was the worship team this morning? Come on. Uh, I felt something. Maybe it was just the sub uh, that I was standing next to, but I really felt that uh, they're doing an incredible job. But um, this morning, uh, I, I named my message Power and Persistence. Um, I, uh, I believe that... Um, that there is power in, in, in being a Christian. There, there's power in, in uh, as Josiah said, staying where you are and being grounded and, and being rooted in, in and just growing roots in, in where you are. And has anyone, has anyone this morning, uh, so, you know, over this year been, been you know, reading our, our vision scripture? No one? Someone? A couple of people? Um, it's, it's on the wall at the, at, the, at the front there, and it says, but the people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. And I, I absolutely love this scripture because you'll often hear Pastor Josh say, as, as we not get to know God, everything else follows. Hey, you know, it, it says we shall be strong and carry out great exploits. But I know that who knows that once we start to get to know our God, start to understand you know, who he is and start to, you know, get to get a deeper understanding of, of him and his, his love for us, everything else just follows. And I really love that. I love that uh, because, you know, I think, you know, I, sometimes I read my Bible and, um, and I feel like I don't know what I'm reading. <laughs> Maybe it's just my immaturity. But, um, but you know, sometimes I, I just feel like I'm not getting anything out of it. And uh, so I just I love knowing that just, just by getting to know God and just by reading the Word and just by praying, all those things will follow. I don't have to worry about, you know, having to, you know, where, where am I going or what am I doing? You know, I just have to know God and, and that will come from it. Hey, 
just, just before I start, excuse me if I do say anything offensive or, uh, or wrong this morning. I think that, um, you know, I think if you, th- if you think right now that you, you ha- you'll have to forgive me, then it makes it easier than when you, when you actually have to. So, uh, <laughs> so just, just, just be prepared that I'm probably going to say something wrong and offend someone. It's probably going to happen, but um, just forgive me there. Um, so, so good. Does, uh, does anybody believe in the local church being powerful? I, uh, I love coming to church. I, I know I, for, for a young person to say that in this day and age is a bit rare, isn't it? You know, we, we, I, but but I, I believe there's so much power in coming to church. I believe that there's an incredible uh, power in, in, in being, as just I said, rooted in, in, a, in a ministry. And, uh, and I know that's quite rare, but some, I believe that, who knows that, you know, you've probably heard it before, that we are the church. You know, it's not the building. It's not the, it's not the walls. We are the church, but I think sometimes we limit we limit our Christian Christian life to the to when we come to church on a Sunday. You know, I think we limit our our Christian life and we limit what God can do in an hour and a half on a Sunday. And uh, I'm not saying that's everybody. I'm just saying that you know, for me, I've experienced that in my life before. Uh, I've seen worship as just four songs on a Sunday, but it's actually something we do with our lives. Hey, and uh, if we have that scripture, Acts uh, five verse twelve to sixteen, I love this scripture uh, because it. It just outlines so much power in the church, and, and it says this, And through the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were done among the people, and they were all with the one accord in Solomon's porch. Yet none of the rest dared join them, but the people esteemed them highly, and believers were increasingly added to the Lord, Multi- multitudes of both men and women, who, <laughs> so that they, would, they, would brought the, they brought the sick out into... So they brought the sick out into the streets, and they laid them on the beds and couches, that at least the shadows of Peter passing might fall on some of them. Also a multitude gathered from the surrounding cities of Jerusalem, bringing sick people and those who were trans, uh, tormented by unclean spirits, and they were all healed. Um, you know, I love, as a Pentecostal Christian, I love reading the book of Acts, because, you know, I love reading about the power in, in the church, I love reading about the power in, in the people. And, and in this, this verse clearly outlines that they weren't in a building. They were just doing it in everyday life. They were, they were carrying God's, uh, his name everywhere they went. And from that came healings. And, and, and they, you know, basically they're saying they got so many salvations just by outliving the calling of God that they had on their lives that wasn't just in the building of the church. And... Uh, you know, who knows that, you know, it says in here uh, uh, at, that at least the shadow of Peter passing by might fall on some of them. Um, and I love that because, you know, Peter, he was, a, he was just a man, right? He was a good man, but he was just a man. And, and I believe that if, Pete, if, if God can work through Peter, he can work through anybody. You know, I, I'm, I, he was a great man in, of the Bible. Um, you know, it wasn't perfect, but he, he did some great things. And who knows that if he's willing to work through Peter, he's willing to work through us. He's willing to do incredible exploits through us, and, uh, and that makes me incredibly, incredibly privileged. You know, I, I think sometimes, and, and forgive me, uh, you know, f- I'm, I'm just going to speak on behalf of all young people here. I think that some of us have given the church a bad name. Hey, I'm not saying everyone has. I'm just saying that the, the society as a whole has given the church a bad name, and, and it might be, it's, you know, probably just publicity, but, but uh, you know, the church, it, when you're, these days, being a Christian is harder than ever. 
You know, speaking out about your beliefs is actually very, very tricky. And, and trying, to, trying to stay grounded in a society that's going the complete opposite way is very tricky. And, uh, and, um, and I, I really believe that we need to be a church that, that people look at and say, I want that. You know, we can't be, you know, I've met Christians that make me not even want to be a Christian. You know what I mean? I mean, you know, I've met Christians who are just grumpy, they're annoying, you know, they're just, no one wants to talk to them, and they just, they just make me not want to be a Christian. You know, and I, I, I mean, I've had first, you know, I've got revelation of God, but sometimes I talk to them and think, oh man, I, I don't want to have what you've got. And, um, and it's, it's true, because, uh, w- you know, we've got, we got to give God a good name, and I understand we're not perfect, but we should be a church that tries our hardest to, to be a people that when people look at us, something's different. You know, something, something, you know, who knows that there's that quote, uh, you know, some, sometimes, you know, the best, the best thing to say is to say nothing at all. And uh, so, sometimes that's true. I think that we, you know, sometimes the, 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 best, the most powerful thing we can do as Christians is just act differently, talk differently, speak about people differently, you know, encourage people rather than put people down. In a society where, where it's, you know, that tall poppy syndrome in Australia, you know, where we're always trying to get one up on each other. Why don't we just be a culture that says, you know what, no, no, no I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to, I'm going to be uh, different. And, uh, and who knows that out of that, people are going to see you. And, uh, you, know, you know, preaching is actually the least effective form of, of you know, of communication, really. I mean, you're probably going to remember 10% of what I say today. And that's fine. But who knows that it's through conversations and it's through actions. 5%, thanks, Josh. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> it's probably true. Um, <laughs> but who knows that through the, through the conversations and the, and the things we do, that's where church happens. It ha- doesn't happen in this building. It happens out there. Thanks, guys. You know, I, I've come to, I, I, got a, I got a lot of non-Christian friends and, and mates, and, you know, I, I actually kind of find it quite tricky to, to be, to be a believer around them because they don't share the same beliefs, they don't share the same values, they don't share the same morals that I do. And so being around people like that can be very tricky because, you know, they're, they're going one way when we're going the other. And, and I've come to understand as a Christian that I can't change them, right? I can't, I, can't, uh, I can't expect them to understand something that they haven't had a revelation for themselves, you know, I think sometimes we try to force our beliefs on people. We try to, you know, we, and we just don't get why people aren't, uh, they're, not, uh, they're not getting what we believe. Because for us, it's so powerful. It's so real. It's so, we've encountered God. But for them, they haven't had the same revelation we have. And so something I've, I've come to learn is, is that uh, I, can't, I can't be God's power. I can simply be the opportunity for others to experience God's power. You know, I can be the I can be the person that says, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna have that difficult conversation with someone. I'm gonna be the person that says, you know what, yeah, I, I can't uh, change your thinking, I can't change your ways, but what I can do is I can be there for you when you're going through a tough situation, and I can bring the power of God into that. I can bring the power of God into a situation that doesn't have any life left in it, and. Uh, and I believe that it all starts with with truly knowing God. Hey, as our scripture says, those who know their God will be strong and carry out great exploits. And everything will come from that. All we've got to do is just understand our God and understand who He is. You know, I have this, uh, I have this sort of illustration. Um, who knows that, you know, God, for some of us, God's done incredible things in our lives, right? He's taken us from a position of, of shame, of guilt, to a place where we can stand firm and say, you know what, I'm a believer. I'm not the person I used to be. But 
you know what? Every time we take a step away from our past, God's over here, right? God takes a step with us. Because who knows that when we first become Christians, when we first get in relationship with Him, we're, we're pretty immature in our faith. We're pretty immature in our thinking. And so He'll reveal Himself as we take a step towards Him. He'll take a step further. Because He's, who knows that knowing God is a never-ending battle. Knowing God never, never finishes. It never ends. No matter how old you are, no matter how young you are, knowing God never, never ends. And, and every time that you take a step away from your past, you, you, you get, you, God takes a step away from you, not because he wants to not be in relationship with you, but because he wants to reveal himself a little bit more to you. And who knows that that can be a little bit discouraging sometimes because you look back and say, hey, I've come really far, but you look, you look ahead and you go, I've just got just as much to go. And, and for me, that, that can be quite, it, I've found it's very discouraging sometimes because, because I feel like, oh man, I, I've come so far, you know, I, God's taken me from this, he's, 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 uh, he's delivered me in this area. But who knows that every, <laughs> how, how funny is it that when, you know, we, we ask God for something, we say, hey Lord, can you help me in this area? And then, and then, and then he, he deals with that area in your life. Who knows that there's another area he's got to deal with? <laughs> you know, it's a never-ending battle. You know, no, no matter how many things he's got to deal with, there's more to come. And so I think that we've just got to understand that every time that, that we, you know, m- maybe looking ahead and seeing that we've got so far to go isn't a bad thing because we can say God's taken me from here to here, but, but he's still taking me here. And, uh, and I think that who knows that if we, were to, if, we, if we didn't actually have, you know, that gap in between us and God, that's where pride would come. That's when, that's when, you know, if we're, if, we're, if we're with God, you know, if we know everything about God, that's when pride comes. That's when, that's when we can fall because we actually don't, we can't rely on Him. We know everything about Him. And so I think it's important that we understand that we always have to have a gap in between us and God. And, uh, and we have to understand how powerful He is. You know, sometimes it, it, being a Christian is, is going to mean not being liked. You know, I, I preached a couple of weeks ago at youth, and I talked about the fact that we are weird as Christians. Hey, <laughs> that was literally the title of my message, We Are Weird. And uh, because we are, right? In society, when everything is, is natural, we're working with a supernatural power. And, and we are, we're, we're weird, but who knows that sometimes being weird is also associated with being unpopular, but I've seen so much power coming out of staying grounded in my faith than, than actually, uh, you know, falling with the crowd. You know, I've seen people who, who have who've been complete non-Christians talking to me about stuff that's completely, you know, that I feel like, you know, they're not Christian, they, they don't believe, but they're talking to me about stuff because they see that I, I have a faith that, that, that I stand by. And I, and I believe that's really powerful. Uh, if we've got the, the, the scripture, 1 Peter 4, verse 12 to 14, it says, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice as you share Christ's suffering, that you may also rejoice and be glad that his glory is revealed. If you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed because the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. You know, sometimes I think, for me, I felt like in my life when I'm trying to follow God, I just have attack after attack after attack. You know, the enemy's just trying to, he's trying to get to me because who knows that he hates everything that we do. 
He hates us seeing us worship. He hates seeing us. He hates seeing us raise our hands. He hates seeing us live out a life. And he'll try and he'll try and stop you. But who knows? For me, that's humbled humbled me because it, it shows that if God's it, sorry, if the enemy is, is attacking, it means that God's got a great calling on my life. And, and I believe that some of you in here today, you feel like oh, I, I just I can't get away from the attack of the enemy. But be humbled by that because he, who knows that God the, the enemy's not going to waste his time on people he doesn't think have a calling. He's not going to waste his time on people who he, who he thinks that, that, that God doesn't have a plan for your life. So understand today that, that as, you, as the scripture says, but rejoice as you, as you share Christ's suffering, that you may also rejoice and be glad in his glory and, uh, and, and when his glory is revealed. If you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed because the spirit of glory and a God rests upon you. Who knows? I want the, the spirit of glory and God to rest upon me. Let's expect that every day we wake up, it's an opportunity for God to do something through us. Let's expect as a church to, to, for God to, to not, just, not just do mediocre things through us, to do incredible things through us. Who knows that the same power that the church had 2,000 years ago, he, it, it lives in us today. The same power that, that, that Peter had, the same power that all the apostles had still rests in us today. And uh, who knows that, that every day we get up, we have the opportunity to be the opportunity for someone to experience God. And it's a bit scary, and it has scared me before, because sometimes I, I feel like I, it, it actually really scares me when I, I get this understanding that I might be the only connection that someone ever has to God. I might be the only person that will ever step out and, and have a conversation about God. And understand that we, we, can't, just, we can't just get up and, and just live our normal lives. We've got to call upon the power of God to do incredible things in our lives to work through us so that we can change the world around us. And, uh, and I, I believe that, that, that that's it. it's an incredible thing when God works through you. Who knows that when God works through you, He also works in you. You know, sometimes God, God he'll, he'll work through you, but he'll do, he'll do something in your heart as well. It all starts with truly knowing who he is. In 2 Corinthians 2, verse 4 to 5, it says, My message and my preaching, this is, this is Paul's message uh, of the Spirit, the power, the power of the, the Spirit. He says, My message and my preaching were not with persuasive words of wisdom, but with a determination of the Spirit's power. I love that because it, it talks about even, even Paul, the mighty man he was, couldn't rest on his own power. Couldn't rest on his own knowledge. He, he needed to call upon the Spirit's power. And some of us this morning, we need to call upon the Spirit's power. We need to call upon the Spirit in our lives. We need to understand that we can't do this thing alone. You know, doing, doing this, this life alone is very tricky and it's very hard. And I'm telling you, it's never going to be as good. It's never going to be uh, as satisfying as doing it with God. And, uh, and I, I love that, you know, even, even Paul needed the Spirit's power. So this morning... As a, as, a finish, as a finish up, I would encourage any young people in the building that understand that living a life of God is going to be hard. Living a life, you know, of the calling of, that God's got for you isn't necessarily going to be easy because we, we're going to have people telling us that what we're doing is wrong. We're going to have people telling us that what, what we're, what's happening in our, in our lives isn't normal. But as the scripture says, 
it's, it's a good thing when people are against us because it know, we know that God's doing something in us. And uh, so this morning I would encourage you that as God reveals his, uh, himself to you, he will also reveal his power to you. As God reveals himself in you, he will, he, he will reveal his power to you. And, uh, and it's, it's, it's incredible to, to see that, you know, when God reveals himself to you, he reveals his power to you. And from that can come the miracle power of God. From that can come the incredible things that, 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 that the Spirit can do in our lives. It all just starts with knowing God. So, young people, I would encourage you this morning to to just call upon the power of God because we can't do this thing by ourselves. And, and, and any older generations, as uh, Josiah would say, vintage, <laughs> I would ask that, and I give you permission, as Josiah said, he stole my point, that's okay. Um, on behalf of all of us, we give you permission to speak into our lives. We give you permission to speak into the lives of young people because who knows that I'm sure you, some of you have been through the same trials, same things that we're going through. It's not new. It's not, it's, you know, the, the, the enemy, he's not new. He might be working in a different way in society than 50 years ago, but he's still, he's still, he's still working. And, and I, would, I would encourage any older generations, don't, don't see young people as, oh, the, the generation of today is losing hope. Be the hope in the generation of today. Be the people that say, you know what, no, 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 no. I'm not going to just, you know, who knows that the first step to, to help, you know, to, to getting rid of a problem is acknowledging it. But that's not, there's one, you know, that's one step. There's a lot more steps to that. You've got to deal with that. And I think that sometimes we think, oh, you know, we just, if we, if we tell everyone how wrong they are, then, then it's going to fix, fix our situation. But it's actually not true. And I would encourage you to, um, to, uh, to, to, uh, to, to speak into the, young, the youth of today. <laughs> speak into the young people's lives. Speak into people and, 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 and show them the way, as, as Josiah said, show them how, to, how to, to live a life true to the calling of God. Because who knows that the society, as I said before, today is so hard to, to be a believer. It's so hard to, to understand what God's doing in our lives. It's so hard because the society is going a completely different way to, to where we're going. But I would encourage you this morning to, to speak into our lives and to, to understand that the power of God that, hap- that, that, that the church had 2,000 years ago, we have today. We have today and we can use it in our lives. It might look a bit differently. It might look, you know, our generation is changing all the time. But who knows, the same power that was in Paul and Peter and, and, and all the other apostles we have access, access to today. So, my last thing is, as you, you, you continue your calling of God, understand that it's never going to end. It's never going to finish. Your calling, your calling isn't, isn't, doesn't finish when, when you, uh, you leave school, or it doesn't finish when you fi- graduate university. It doesn't finish when you turn 90. It's still going. And, uh, and I would encourage you that as you, you walk with God, Understand that, that he, he's going to reveal himself that little bit more every time. And it might look like you've got so far to go, but, but it's actually just him revealing himself in a, in a, in a more intimate way. And, uh, and so this morning, as he reveals himself, understand that that's, that's, uh, y- you can use that to, to see people's lives change through you. How about we pray? Hey, dear Lord, I just thank you for this incredible, incredible uh, gift that you've given us of the Holy Spirit.
We thank you that you've given us a power that just goes beyond anything we could ever think of. I thank you that you've given us an, a, 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 a power that we can use to, 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 to stomp the, the, the depths of hell. I thank you that you've given us a power to, to, to just do incredible things in our society. So, Lord, we pray that you would help us, you would continue to reveal yourself to us, and you would help us to work through society to change the lives of people. In, uh, in Jesus' name this morning, amen.